Listener Production. Our kitchen is always open. I'll have what she's having. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Hey, hope you are having a good one. Matt and Alex here with you. Uh, Alex Dyson, how's the how's the view from your office? I tell you what, it is dark and dank. Just how I like it here at um, Rat Dog HQ. Yes, with the Melbourne lockdown going into uh, another day, I am working from home. And so we've set up next to the, the dad bed that we store dads in when they visit. Uh, I've set up a little coffee table and a microphone and I'm, I'm working from home uh, in order to try and keep Australians safe. And um, look, you might not have noticed yesterday, I was there yesterday as well. I mean, it was pretty seamless, matter of kind there, really. Could never, I mean, it's almost like you belong in the attic. <laughs> you are the original Dollinganger himself. What's a Dollinganger? Well, Alex Dyson, there was a there was a book and a film that came out in the late early late seventies, early eighties called Flowers in the Attic. About a family that has to live in the attic because they have to move in with some evil step parents. It was like a gothic-y style. It was a very oh. popular little thing for a while. Well, let us know what you store in the attic. Uh, is it clothes? Is it heirlooms? Is it a rant dog? Because i got to tell you, these rafters are going to be shaken <laughs> as soon as rant dog uh, gets gets wound up by a couple of your uh, couple of your suggestions today. As well as that, we're going to be chatting to Mr. Osman Faruqi, journalist and host of a brand new podcast, which uh, I was very interested in, given its first topic, Photo Kind, was about true crime. And so I think we're both interested in that genre, but it's a really interesting discussion and it is quite a broad uh, cultural podcast that we're really keen to have a chat to him about. Oh, well, let's not hold up any longer. Let's get stuck into it. This is Matt and Alice All Day Breakfast. Raise the roof. No, literally raise it. It's quite low in here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Yes, Matt O'Kine, whilst I am broadcasting from the attic, it is time to cross to someone else who is in the Melbourne lockdown. His name is Osman Faruqi, is a journalist, broadcaster and the editor of uh, the great 7am podcast hosted by our old pal Ruby Jones, aka Scooby Bones. Uh, and he's here <laughs> to join us to chat about his brand new podcast called The Culture, the first episode of which I really enjoyed, as I do, uh, like yourself, Matt, uh, dabble in a little bit of true crime every now and again. So let's bring you up right now. Hello, Osman. G'day, team. How you doing? Thanks so much for having me on your fantastic show. Oh, thanks very much, Osman. Now, uh, how has your current lockdown been? You know, was this a, is this a, a bit of a tough one for you? I mean, do you guys know that meme, the GTA San Andreas meme with the guy just being like, oh, <laughs> damn, here we go again. That has just been <laughs> my vibe. I feel like this is number four for Victoria. I'm trying to be relatively relaxed about it and just you know all right cool i guess i'll dust off the xbox again um start baking bread but you know hopefully it's a short one and we can get through it well i saw you on the eve of lockdown three osmond when it was so funny because i was watching on tv the nick Kyrgios australian open match <laughs> and there's a crowd shot of you just going yes oh, at about 11 11 30 at night just before the curfew came in at 11 59 <laughs> and they booted you all out you had to go home for five days well a huge part of the reason why i was really excited to be living in melbourne was to go to the footy and to go to the oz open tennis and obviously the footy was just off the cards last year. And then I thought, well, the Australian Open's here. I'm a huge Curious fan. I'm going in. And they're like, look, it's getting locked down. You're allowed to stay until the end. And I stayed till the very, very end. And you know what? <laughs> I don't regret it. 
I bet. I bet you don't. Um, well, look, let's talk about the culture. Uh, I mean, it's a brand new podcast. It launched last week. And there's new episodes out every Friday. The first one being about true crime. Now, Alex Dyson mentioning that, you know, he dabbles in true crime. I don't dabble so much as I uh, die. I, I mean, I really soak the paintbrush. Um, there is no, there's no <laughs> dabbling. I dunk it. I dunk the roller in and just yeah. cover myself. It's actually quite disgraceful how much <laughs> I, uh, I look in like read, watch true crime stuff. Can you tell me about you know what is what is the, what is this fascination? Am I am I unwell? Is that what it is? Well, no. I mean, the interesting. I don't know how many people are sort of soaking themselves in paint to the extent that you are, Matt. But <laughs> but true crime is one of the most popular genres of our current time. I mean, it's always been popular, but right now across streaming streaming platforms like Netflix or Stan or or binge or podcasts or books, almost every single category in the charts is dominated by true crime it's just right up there and you know i I find that look i'm probably sort of maybe closer to alex than you on this like i find it hard to resist the big new true crime shows or podcasts but i'm not a massive obsessive but i've always been interested in why this genre this kinds of stories and storytelling has resonated so much and i've always been interested in you know what what does it say about us as people that we're so into like whether it's gory serial killers or you know this 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 morbid fascination with bad things that happen and the kind of the police that are trying to crack those mysteries and sometimes the police are are on the bad side themselves and i and i I just think that it says something about what we crave and, and and you know what we imagine the world around us is like so i thought well if i'm launching a new show that is doing deep dives into pop culture every week it makes sense to start with one of the biggest genres, which is true crime. So I, as a big fan of true crime, there's three things that stick out to me. Mm-hmm. One, race plays a big factor in what, how tragic crimes seem to be. Mm. Um, two, one thing I absolutely can't stand as well is the discussion around um, attractiveness when it comes mm-hmm. to true crime. And mm. you hear comments all the time where they say, oh, and, and she was just this beautiful young girl walking down the street. They always talk, oh, such an attractive girl with her friends on a night out. And, like, that, it's, it, it irks me so much that that the has... The killer was so handsome and so he <laughs> like, got yeah, these... Fa- you know, like, like, there's one that, like, gets fan, fans' rights to them in prison because of their handsomeness. It's just so weird, right, that, that attractiveness gets brought up from on the victim's behalf and on the um, perpetrator's behalf. And, uh, and then finally as well, you know what I hate? And this is just a little bugbear... The use of the word panties, okay? Sometimes <laughs> I honestly Are you cannot sure it's tell true you. Crime you're watching, Matt? It, it, <laughs> it comes up. I was watching an episode of Crime Scene Investigations, Australian TV, talking about panties. I'm like, if here's my thing: if you're using the word panties in a true crime show or podcast, you're the criminal. Mm. All right, so that's what I'm I don't. I say. don't disagree. I feel like I feel like I messed up by getting is someone with a PhD in criminal law, Sarah Krasitin, <laughs> on the show when I could have had these these takes. And I mean, I actually agree with a lot of what you're saying. I mean, I will confess I have not heard the panty thing as much as you, but when you're talking about the the kind of way that race and gender and descriptions of attractiveness sort of seep their way in, that is something that has always sort of felt a bit gross to me, right? And, and I think I think with something like this, and when there are only so many stories you can tell, and it's like, okay, well, who are the right kind of victims that I want to tell a story about? And who are the right kinds of perpetrators? And how do I create 
villains and heroes in this sort of story uh, storytelling framework, all those kind of subconscious things factor into that. And I think when that when you kind of take a step back and you look at, well, there's always certain kinds of victims that keep popping up in these shows and there's certain kinds of perpetrators and the police are often the heroes. It it does over time build a narrative that is maybe a bit disconnected from reality. That's one of the things I find so interesting about true crime is that the 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 kinds of crimes that they focus on are the ones that are so rare and that's not me sort of downplaying like murder is obviously very bad and serial killing is is particularly bad but when that is like 99 percent of what we consume when it comes to true crime it does give us a a very skewed sense of how the world operates and what crime actually looks like we're talking true crime a lot here. It's the great thing about the culture your new podcast is that it's going to touch on a bunch of different things. So tell us, episode number two, what are we going to be jumping well, yeah, into? It's, it's pretty much as far on the other end of the spectrum we can get. We're going deep on Olivia Rodrigo's uh, new album. <laughs> Mate, um, I've heard, I've seen so many ripples on the internet. I mean, I shouldn't even say ripples. Damn near, you know, deep impact style tidal waves. Uh, so many people absolutely standing this one so i mean where did this come from so the the track driver's license which i'm sure everyone has heard it's like the biggest record of the year so far it sort of has broken through the the culture in a way i think probably since old town road we haven't really seen something that is so dominant like this and you Number know, two on the hottest 100, I reckon. That's my prediction, by the way. Well, I, I mean, it's been playlisted by Triple J, which, you know, as you guys know, is not always, uh, not, not necessarily the track that you, you would have picked. And so I think it has just, you know, cut through so many different demographics. And to just follow it up with this debut album, Sour, and, you know, it's actually not a bad album. I think so many people were worried that it should be a one-hit wonder. But I think what's so fascinating about her is she's a Disney star. You know, she um, made her name on a show that I think has maybe the best slash worst name of any show ever produced. It's High School Musical, the musical, the series. That is the full name of the show. Um, no. So it is. She, I'm just looking no. at it. Now. It is. It is. Seriously? It's, it's really meta. It's like obviously the High School Musical movies with Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens. They made a bunch of those. And then Disney's like, let's like use this IP. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll have his high school, which is where the original movie is set, and the kids at that school are doing like a musical version of the movie. It's quite intense and, and a very strange thing to get your head around. Anyway, so she's like, you know, think about Selena Gomez, Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus, these these kind of former Disney stars who've broken through. She seems to be the next one, but people are comparing her to Taylor Swift and Lord. And look, I don't I wouldn't go quite that far, but I think her music is is interesting and i think the fact that it's so popular makes it worth spending a bit of time unpacking so that's what we're pivoting to for the next step amazing absolutely well the one thing i know about it so far is the first track which starts with a b i'm just looking it up at the moment <laughs> brutal um, the first track yeah brutal uh has as Pete said has similar chords to um, Voodoo Child by Rogue Traders, which itself <laughs> has taken its its chords from um, Elvis Costello. So, you know, these things come around, but feel free to pop that in the podcast, that that incredible fact. Oz, <laughs> All right, I will, I will cite you for it as well. Thank see, you. We're, we're see experts Olivia's, on everything you're talking about, Oz, so please. Um, just see if Olivia's I, I, ripping off Nat Batsing Thwaite. And any other, what other, um, just quickly, some other uh, some other episodes yeah, that people yeah, so can look forward so to? Yeah, we're covering the, the full gamut. We're going to do a deep dive into um, 
the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, we've got Loki coming out, the Tom Hiddleston uh, TV show. Marvel is just dominant. It's taking over um, everything, and there's a lot oh, to talk Matt, about. Oh, Matt, you'd there. be keen on that, wouldn't you? They haven't asked me to audition yet, Osmond, so I'm not, I'm not You're happy like about it. Are you the only actor? <laughs> yes, I am! Ha, ha, ha! Okay? <laughs> Oz, there's no role for a dolphin trainer in Loki's, so that's not going to get the part. He's typecast. Uh, and we're also doing a, um, a bit of a, uh, a, a story. To, we're, ta- we're doing a bit of history on um, history of Aussie hip-hop and uh, looking at the current scene that's, that's, that's really coming up and connecting. And- you know your boy is dropping some Boilermakers soon, man. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, well, when when the new when the new um, when the new tracks are out, let me know. Absolutely, come on. Oi, do a deep that. dive into why I'm Australia's most underrated rapper. Okay, you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> can you uh, can you get, no, get the I tea think, on that, please? I think Matt's songs belong more in the true crime uh, episode. <laughs> it is an absolute yeah, about panties, crime <laughs> against music. Right. Uh, no, we really appreciate it, Oz. Thank you so much for coming on. Congrats on the new podcast. Love the breadth of topics that you're covering. And uh, really appreciate you hanging out with us today on All Day Breakfast. Oh, thanks so much. I had a lot of fun, guys. Take care. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Well, podcasts are going well so far, Matt O'Kine, but it's about time that I'm only just realising that my neighbours don't have any idea what is about to happen here in the (laughs) attic at this apartment building. The neighbours to the left, to the right, to the top, to the bottom, just all around. I mean, I know how you feel because I was in my little office yesterday doing some little raps. But I wasn't, you know, I hadn't fully written them, so I'm there just sort of mumbling and rapping. No music, you, you know, the music's in my headphones, so whoever was outside just heard me going, yeah, buh, duh, buh, duh, something. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm just mumbling to yeah. myself. Well, what the neighbours here are going to be hearing through the walls is the sound of a mysterious attic ghost telling it like it is, uh, because it is time for Rant Dog. Uh, that's right, the segment where we um, take a leaf out of these Shock Jocks books, start throwing out a few hot takes, and then just let the ratings flow in. You always do set fire to the Instagram comment section whenever uh, we post one of the Rant Dogs. People, people get mad, all right? But that's just what happens when the truth gets shoved into their faces, all right? Some people aren't ready to be waterboarded with the truth. It's absolutely right, Matt O'Kine, but I can't do it alone. We need you. We need the opinions, the hot opinions that are out there that Australians care about in order to start this segment. And we have a big one today. Thank you very much to Matt for getting in touch with us uh, about an issue he's been facing on his commute. Hey, rat dog. Matt here from Newey, driving down the road, nice quiet street, and pull up to a pedestrian crossing with a set of lights, and the light's red, so we stop. And who do we wait for? No one. Who are we waiting for? I don't know, because the guy's already crossed the road. He's seen a break in the traffic, and he's crossed on the red man. He hasn't waited for the green man, and now we've stopped at the lights. And we sit there like a bunch of chumps, waiting for no one. Gets my goat boys, it really does. I don't even know if I should give you the green light on this one, Alex Dyson. 
Now, Matt, I'm no Mother Teresa, all right? I double dip chips, okay? Wow. <gasps> yeah. Okay, you okay. <laughs> I only get oat milk once in a blue moon, all right? <sighs> but I got to tell you, when I'm walking past my local traffic light, which I know is only activated at my touch, mm. okay, I will don my Mother Teresa clothing and not press the button as I am an adult and can walk at my own pace across so that people like Matt are not sitting there looking like an automobile clown waiting to pass through. And I will literally walk across the road and go on my way thinking about how good a Samaritan I am. Mm. Having said that. Uh Uh-oh. Occasionally there's traffic and you, as a pedestrian, have a right to press the button. Mm. And occasionally after you press it, the traffic clears. Mm. And I walk across... Away from the explosion that I have just left. And you know what I think, Matt? You know what I think? What? Serves you commuters right for driving cars instead of taking your oh. bike and walking and oh. contributing to the planets. To explode. Oh. You can sit there for 30 seconds and oh. you can suck it up. Oh! Oh, I did not know and that. you know what? There's oh, another no. group of people that I want to be bitten some fire at, and that is uh, people who try to push the likes and who go through the pedestrians. You know what I think when I'm standing on the side of the road? Uh, I would rather be hit by a car and have you feel bad than wait and let you go and not you know, learn your lesson. I'm ready to be a human crash test dummy for these people. That's what I'm thinking. Stop for pedestrians. <sighs> anyway, that's Rant Dog for another week. Get your suggestions in. Thank you to Matt from Newcastle. Do you give suggestion. a little wave when you're, you know, the zebra crossing and all that? Yeah, a little one finger wave <laughs> to these absolute gronks. Because <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I got four wheels. Yeah? Well, take this one. <laughs> this one axle pointing to the sky. <laughs> this gear shift. <laughs> Put this somewhere, mate. Wow. This is all day breakfast. <laughs> Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, talking a lot about auctions recently, and, uh, you know, I, I missed out on uh, the recent auction I went to, my first auction. <laughs> Yeah, going for your uh, big investment property. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, as much as you could look at this, that is the rules, and that is the way that the our current country and society is set up to to do it. And so, if you're not in the game and playing the way that this these generations have set it up, then what what could we do? Oh, exactly. I, I can't mm. afford to live where I can't afford to buy where I want to live. No way. <laughs> Yeah, do, you exactly. response, do you know how expensive exactly. it is to buy where I'm living right now? I can't afford it. Absolutely cannot afford yep. it. So the only solution to is for me to squeeze out people <laughs> in other markets. 
who want <laughs> to, to live in smaller markets. <laughs> to become exactly a bigger right. part of the problem. But is that thing like with negative gearing where you can um, deduct the interest that you pay on an investment property loan from your tax, um, which is still in place. It, I, I find that incredible. And it's people who don't want to turn it off. It's like we've got a free ice cream machine over here. And instead of everyone going, it's like, oh, no, we've, we had a good run. You know, we're just going to turn this machine off. It's like, no, it, ice, ice cream, cream is free. <laughs> Let's keep this thing flowing. Thank no, you very come much. On. No, this is uh, this is garbage, all right? I am sick of the investor hate. When I was 19, when I was 20, right, moving out of dad's house, you think I could buy a place? No, I worked at a video store. <laughs> I was an acting graduate, all right? It's not investor hate. It is making it slightly less cost effective for <laughs> investors who have enough money to invest in property. <laughs> Do you know what will make you hate me even more, right? After I failed <laughs> in my bid to um, <laughs> become a bigger part of the problem, right? Well, I, I, go- just, I just, before we get into it, I do, if you did miss the episode, Matt, Matt's biggest advice from the expert we had on was to wear sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> And then you refuse to pay $30 for a pair of sunglasses. Yeah, well... Imagine if, if that cost you thousands of dollars in the long run. Uh. Well, that's it. It could have. It could have. And, I'm, you know, and I, you know, maybe I missed out, but it's okay. Um, I, 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 you know, I might have missed out, but I didn't really... Um, I, you know, life is the winner. Um, anyway, <laughs> whatever that No, means. I think people in a puffer vest are the winners. <laughs> um, but anyways, what's, what's going to annoy you even more? How's this? I flew into state for the auction. And oh. uh, so I go back to the airport and I'm uh, flying home after I've just lost this auction, feeling like a bit of a, you know, I'm disappointed. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, should I have just gone higher? Should I have stretched myself? All those sort of questions. Um, yeah. Deep down, you know, knowing, no, you know what? You had your limit. You stuck to it and it's okay. You don't have to win sure. every single time. Trust the um, process. So then I go, to, uh, I go to get on my plane, right? And I decide to check into the lounge. Right and um, yeah, aka and, the property investors club. <laughs> and I go to scan my the platinum card. Investors right? rumpus and, uh, room. <laughs> and the um, and the lady behind the counter goes, "Oh, um, here, let me just check something." And then she taps away on the computer. And goes, "Oh, it's just you know we have we've got this special on at the moment. It's only going till tomorrow." And um, <clears throat> yeah, I think yeah, no, you qualify. Yeah, I can give you a uh, a free upgrade. I was like, "What?" She's like, "Yeah, did you want to did you want to sit in business today?" And I was like, "Yes." Do I have to pay? She's like, "No, no, it's free. We're just doing this special at the moment." I'm like, "Well, that sounds the like an rich awesome get special." Richer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, I walked away being like, "That's never happened to me. I don't know why I've just magically gotten this upgrade." Then I go to the bathroom, look in the mirror. I'm wearing a suit jacket. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking sharp, man. I was like, oh my God, I never look this sharp when I'm flying ever. I'm always wearing like a hoodie, wearing crubby jeans. So I reckon, I reckon, I'm, you know, there's a lot to be said. I should start looking professional more often. That's it. just let me check if you qualify and she looks you up and down. <laughs> like, yes, sir. Yes, you do. <laughs> so... Yeah, when have you got the upgrade? Maybe let us know your upgrade stories. Goodness me. Oh, man, never got an upgrade, but I I've do. I've never, never before in my life for nothing, just like, yeah, here's your upgrade. I was the best. 
So, but I have to admit, it was it wasn't a full blown upgrade. As soon as I got on the plane, they were like, "Yeah, just uh, did ground crew let you know that because this was a last minute thing, um, we don't really have any food for you, um, but you can have cheese and crackers, and I'll get you a drink." I was like, "That's better than nothing." Kicked back, played Sudoku, and ate my cheddar. Well, yesterday, Alex Dyson, we were chatting all things sandwiches, thanks to an article in Clickfish, uh, in which Bron well, revealed... Well, let's say three articles in Clickfish. <laughs> no, it wasn't <laughs> just true. one. It was a sandwich special of Click, Clickfish, but one article in particular grabbed our attention because it noted that several major chefs, I'm talking big names here, very big eggs in the fry pan, uh, mentioned that they enjoyed... Ostrich. Ostrich eggs. <laughs> uh, they uh, that they enjoyed toast sandwiches. Okay, so a piece of toast in between two slices of bread. Now, sounds ridiculous to me, but I might add, I'm sure it's all about the texture. Okay, like I said yesterday, <laughs> and we decided to ask you, what's your sandwich? Um, yeah, there's some. There's been some wild ones over the years. Uh, Ian Dyson, you know, every now and again. When I'd open up the um, the number three big yellow lunchbox at school and I lifted out the frozen water bottle underneath, usually it's your ham and cheese, okay, but occasionally, very occasionally, we'd have um, celery and Nutella <laughs> or, or, or you'd have apple and cheese and you'd be like, wow, it's good to keep me on my toes. Uh, and so we asked you, what's your sandwich? Yeah, Nathaniel got in touch, said, lads, what's your sandwich? Hear me out. Almost anything you have as leftovers from dinner the night before. Chuck that between a couple of slices of bread. There you go. Nah, I don't, I can't, I cannot deal with that, man. I feel, I feel <laughs> icky about, you know, spaghetti bolognese on toast. I don't like that. Oh, I yeah. feel weird about it. Um, I mean, I had sanchoy bao last night. I, I feel weird about that, even though that would make a pretty good sandwich. Well, isn't it a sandwich? Nah, it's lettuce, wrapped in lettuce, like a lettuce oh, sandwich. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lettuce sandwich. <laughs> yeah. So sure, the gluten-free sandwich option. Exactly, go, the bowl. The it's, it's one of those nat- nature's bowl. Um, but uh, James James Brown is alive, got in touch with us on uh, Instagram. James, you got a weird sandwich? I do. The old, oh, and it's uh, also happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, um, I mean, thanks for joining us. Well, yeah, what's your sandwich? Cake sandwich um, for your birthday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the old uh, migraine sandwich. Oh, Migarang? getting on the meagers. Oh yeah. no! Why would Straight you ruin between. a gourd? They're already delicious. Why do you need to add bread? Oh, just between two bits of buttered white bread. You know, after a big night. Just oh, that, that okay. Up. That so, sounds as messy going in as it would on the way out. I'm telling you, <laughs> after a big night out, geez. <laughs> so let me get this straight, James. <laughs> You boil the kettle, okay? You bump, dump the noodles in. Do you put in the seasoning at that stage? You make it however you want, man. It's all going to taste good. Wait, well, I but think... I, I, you'd, have to, is... you'd have to drain a bit of liquid at one point. You can't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't be putting bread around have, soup here, my noodle, man. Have your noodle soup in front of you. Have your buttered bread. Slap her on there. And if you've got bread left over at the end, just soak up those juices. Oh, oh so you're, you're eating it next to each other, but you put the fork in, you pull it out like a prized barramundi and you dump <laughs> it on the bottom piece of bread, 
tuck the top piece on and hoe into it. Yes, sir. Oh, well, you won't be making noodles for me very much in the future, mate. Um, but anyways, I'm That's surprised you made it, made it to your 33rd birthday. Well done. Um, <laughs> Luke, Luke yes. from Queensland, what's your weird sandwich? Uh, it's not my sandwich. It's a friend of mine. He used yep. to make, um, he'd get fresh bread and then frozen grated cheese from the freezer and then strawberry jam and he would eat it. With the cheese still frozen, and it just oh, makes me sick yuck. thinking about it. Why would he do it? Just it, oh. I, 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 it gives me a headache. Like my teeth are sensitive. I don't know why you'd want to do that to yourself. Yeah, I, I can't understand it. Like cheese and strawberry again doesn't go, but like, frozen. But it had to be frozen. <laughs> also, frozen, okay. Cheese. The only good thing about frozen, like grated cheese, is when it's melted, so that it melds <laughs> together. All right. Mm. If you mm. keep it frozen, it's just going to end up crumbling. Grated cheese is a terrible sandwich filling. Okay, it is messy. <laughs> oh, yeah, mate! Strange. Oh man. Now, some of these sandwiches they cannot be found in search of culinary delights. These sandwiches are only discovered out of desperation. Okay, <laughs> I am sure. So, did you ask him? Where the origins came from, like what situation he was in where he decided to try frozen grated cheese and strawberry jam. No, I never got an answer from him. He would just always make it and he would offer me one and of <laughs> course was going to decline. And like, Did you I, have I a bite? Like the, no, I didn't even like the idea of untoasted bread, let alone cold <laughs> cheese on it. Like that's wait, 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 wait. You don't like the idea of untoasted bread? Oh, I don't mind it, but I like it toasted. If there's an option, it's going to be toasty every time. Oh, see, now you're the weirdo, mate. I mean, what about, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I love, I love toasted bread, but a nice, mate. fresh, soft piece of bread? Come on. Hang on. This segment isn't get people on so that Matt O'Kine can, <laughs> can judge their them. choice. We have talk back. <laughs> so, and this is a safe space, Matt. What are you doing? You're just judging everyone that's coming through. Birthday or no, you're getting judged. Yeah. So cut it out, mates. <laughs> to toast well, to bed. People have preferences for things. <laughs> I mean, sure. Let's grate a cheese as a promenation, uh, frozen in a sandwich with strawberry jam. But... Other than that, it is very safe. So thank you very nah, much, Luke. Appreciate enough. you calling in. No worries. And you know what, Luke? I agree with you. And whenever you go to a cafe and they're like, "Do you want this fresh or toasted?" So often they may as well just be like, "Do you want to find out that this sandwich is three days old, <laughs> or shall we disguise it?" Yeah. Um, thanks, Luke. Thank you, James. And uh, you know, keep in touch with us at Matt Donen on Alex. We always love hearing from you. And thank you for joining us on today's show. Yeah, it's been heaps of fun hanging out. Thanks to Osman Faruqi for joining us again. Um, he was a legend. And we're going to leave you with a bit of a voice message that we got. Uh, we can love you getting in touch at any time because you can be going back, you know, like an archaeologist, finding various podcasts for your audio needs. And someone has done that. It is Bethany. And uh, she's got a story about the convo we had a little while ago about uh, whether you go the, the full nude in the change rooms What's your policy when it comes to uh, public spaces in which uh, changing is required? I uh, will leave you with that one. Thank you again for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
Hi, Matt and Alex and team. So I was backpacking around Europe and my husband and I decided to go to Geneva for the weekend. We then decided to go swimming as well uh, in the lake and it was f***ing freezing. I mean, you could see the snow on the mountains. And when we got out, uh, he went off to his change room and I went into mine and I was wearing my togs and I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't want anyone to walk in and see me in the nud. And then a lady did walk in and she was completely nude. And I thought, you know what, actually, when in Europe. So I took off my togs and gave them a good scrubbing. She looked at me and started speaking in French and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I don't know French. And she's like, okay. She'd walked back in with like a scrubbing poof and it was all soapy. And she just goes, scrub, and puts it in my hand. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? (laughs) She looked me dead in the eye and went, scrub, and turned around. So I started scrubbing her back and being like, I don't know what the f*** I'm doing here. Why? Why is this happening? And she goes, no, harder, and made me scrub her back harder. And then it happened again. She goes, harder. And I got to the point where I was literally, like, making red marks on her back because she kept saying harder and, like, had my other hand on her to, like, support her from, like, pushing her over. (laughs) And I was like, what the f***? am I doing? This is the most ridiculous thing. I need to get out of here. And then she goes, your turn? And I went, no. Grabbed my shit and ran into the toilet and just changed and walked the f*** out of there. (laughs) Lesson learnt. I'm never getting naked in a change room again. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.